welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. It's cool. I wanted to keep uh, in the theme of the Hillsong Conference and uh, I was made aware that uh, one of the messages preached at Hillsong Conference from Brian Houston, which is the, the leader of Hillsong Conference, uh, was a message that he did on uh, living with a glorious obsession. And uh, I had the privilege of hearing this message as well at a conference not so long ago. Uh, back at the end of May, myself, Matt and Ducky went to, uh, to Queensland, uh, to sunny Queensland, although it wasn't that sunny, it rained a lot, uh, on the Gold Coast, which we now call it the Crime Coast. Because every night something happened. There were cop cars coming upon buildings every night, and you did not feel safe. Even walking down to this, you know, because every time I go away, you've got to find where the cool coffee bars are. And so we found this really cool coffee bar called Black Coffee Lyrics, about eight-minute walk from where we stayed. And uh, walking down to this place, you'd get stopped three times about coming into a particular club. There'd be cop cars going past, and you'd be some people that you were a little bit sus about. And so this was every night or every day on the crime coast. But anyway, it was a great conference, <laughs> to say the least. It was, no, it was a really, really good time. And this is one standout message. And I want to quickly share with you just a couple of things that stood out. And although I've said it's a Brian Houston message, I want you to make it your message tonight. Does that sound good? So although I may be just sharing some of the thoughts in which I got out of it and the points that he made, I trust and believe that tonight you'll make this your message. This is something that you will live your life by. Is that cool? Awesome. And so it is called living with a glorious obsession. And when you think of the word obsession, I'm not sure what sort of things come to your mind, but things like it's something, if you're living with or being obsessed by something, it's something that you'd talk about a lot. It would be the topic of your conversation a lot. It would be something that you'd spend heaps of time thinking about. It would be something that you'd spend uh, lots of money and investment into. It would be something that would drive you. And then when you get up in the morning, it's something that uh, I guess you, you start to think about and then walk out your day always thinking about that. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about my little boy, uh, Jack-Jack, who's two, and uh, he is obsessed with cars. He's obsessed with Lightning McQueen, and he has to play with Lightning McQueen every day. Got him out of bed this morning, and once he had food in his bellies, it was cars, 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 points to the TV. He goes over and puts the TV on expecting NASCAR racing. He's a little boy who is two and he's into NASCAR racing. And I'm pumped as a father about that. So today we're watching the V8 supercars. And he would sit, for those who have been to our house, we've got this uh, really cool orange cushion. And uh, texturally, it's, it's really cool to, to touch. And he sits on this, he loves this cushion. And he would sit there and he watched gazed eyes on the TV watching V8 supercars at the age of, he's almost two, I should say that. He's almost two. Such is his obsession. And uh, another person who was obsessed and lived with a glorious obsession of mind was uh, a guy named Paul from the Bible. And Paul uh, wrote most of the New Testament, as most of us would be aware. 
And uh, I want to share quickly a passage that uh, he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, I'm not sure whether it's going to be on the screen, but uh, it is 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 21. Give you a chance just to lock that into your iPhone. If you've got your iPhone and Bible, Bible app on the iPhone or your iPad or your Blackberry if it's on there. Or if you're old school, you might have a Bible here tonight, <laughs> which does work. Because sometimes the iPhone lets you down. Is that right? And so here's a man who's living with obsession or with a glorious obsession. And another way, just before I read the scripture, I think of it as you're living, you're a person who lives with purpose and you are a person who lives on purpose. Does that make sense? So here we go. It says, whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Before I keep going on, Paul was writing this to the Corinthian church at a point where they were perhaps a little bit immature in their faith. Because Paul was never one to boast about the things he did because he was always a person who would like to make sure the focus was on Christ and not himself. But it got to a point where he goes, you know, I need to just share with these guys some of the things I've been through because of, you know, the obsession I have, the purpose I live with, and the who I live for. And so he goes on to share this. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. It's not looking good, is it? (laughs) Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in dangerous, I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea. And in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and I've often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and I've gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And besides everything else, and this is the part I want you to catch church tonight. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. This is a man who is living with purpose, a man who is living on purpose, a man who is living with glorious obsession in mind. I want you to think about that just a little bit, because is anyone here shipwrecked tonight? Are you floating out in the cold sea? Are you going hungry? Are you thirsty? And when Paul was caught in these moments, what was he thinking about? I think he had every right to think, oh, well, who cares what's going on with the church right now? I need some food because if I don't, I'm going to die. Someone better come and rescue me right now because I'm stuck out here in the open sea. And if no one doesn't come to my rescue, that's it. Might be going to meet Jesus a little bit sooner than what I planned. And so he's stuck in these moments and all he could think about I wonder how the church is doing in Corinth. I wonder how the church is doing in Galatia. How are the believers going? 
Are they growing or some backsliding and falling away? Daily, he would be thinking about these things. And so I want to encourage us tonight with a couple of different points with about 10 minutes to go. Are you ready to listen? 10 minutes and we'll be done, I reckon. When I live with a glorious obsession, you will rise above obligation or requirements. I don't think you'd find in his language, do I have to go to church this weekend? Do I have to go to that leaders meeting? Oh, the church in Corinth, they're putting on a volunteers night. Do I really have to go to the volunteers night? Do I have to go to church at all? You know, I love Jesus and Jesus knows that. So why do I really need to go to church? Now, I don't think that he would find such language in Paul's vocabulary. Because when you live with a glorious obsession, when you live on purpose and with purpose, these things are already decided upon. I think about uh, in Luke chapter 4, when people were uh, talking, I mean, when this sort of argument comes up, where do I go to church or not? Do I have to go twice on a Sunday? Oh, I don't know. But I think about one scripture that was brought to my attention a little while back, because in that sort of discussion, you think, oh man, gee, I wish it said in the Bible somewhere, go to church twice on a Sunday. That would make it much easier. But I don't think, you know, God doesn't want to spell it out like that. He wants it to be felt in here. But something that backs up that argument is in Luke chapter 4, when it talks about how Jesus, as was his custom, would go to the temple. Which speaks about, you know what, on a regular basis, Jesus was going to church. So if it's good for Jesus to be going to church regularly, whether that's twice a day or whether that's four times a day or whether that, whatever that may be, I think it would be good for us to make sure we consider coming to church. Does that make sense? You know, there are, when it comes to obligation and requirements, you know, there are some things that, you know, we must do. You know, unfortunately, yesterday in hanging out with uh, the kids and kicking the footy at Rymel Park in the city of Adelaide. I parked my car, but I forgot to check to see whether it needed a ticket. And so we had a great time, Jack-Jack and and Eli and myself, while Katie and uh, Phoebes were shopping. And uh, so we're kicking the footy in Rymel Park. We're having a great time. Got Katie to meet me in Rymel Park, and then so we made our way back to the car. And then I opened the car door to let Katie in and the kids in, and you see that ugly cross on your tire. And that only means one thing that some dude called a parking inspector has been to visit my car and made a mark on my car to say, I'll be back. And the very next thing, I look up onto the window because that's the natural progression. And unfortunately, there was a ticket there. You see, I'm required by law to pay that bill. Unfortunately, there's nothing within me that gets me very excited about wanting to pay more. A $44 fine? Fine, Adelaide Council, I'll give you 60 because you know what? I'm so excited. See, I'm a man on purpose and, and I love to do what's required. 
You see, you know what? There are some things, yes, that are required of us and that we're obligated to do. But please, let's not limit it just to things to do with him and his church. You see, I really believe Paul was a man who lived with a glorious obsession, who was a man who lived with purpose and on purpose, because he was obsessed with the things that mattered to Jesus. And what mattered to Jesus was people. And where do we find people? Within the church. So church, when it comes to things uh, associated with the church, when it comes to our meetings and our leadership meetings and, and church on a Sunday, connect groups and all things associated, let's settle it today that we be a group of people who live on purpose and with purpose and those things are decided because you've decided within your heart, do you know what? I want to be something of like Paul, that I want to be where God's people are so that I can be that encouragement, I can be that friend. I can be that significant other, that person that might need some help in this particular time. You know, so many times it does happen, and it even happened this morning, where I know that people invite their friends to church, and their friends eventually come one day, and that person's not to be seen. We need to understand that, you know what, your attendance here on a Sunday, and I know I'm just using this as an example ongoingly, but it's really important. We need to see the much bigger picture. That you being here on a Sunday is not just because you need to be here on a Sunday, because, or we, we do want you here on a Sunday. <laughs> but I just want you to try and think more than just yourself and what you can get out of it. Do you know what I mean? Because there are many other people who, you know what, your conversation and your smile or your introduction to that newcomer might be the very thing that that person needs. There is so much stuff that God is doing behind our scenes that we are not very aware of. We just need to put ourselves in that position. Does that make sense? So I want to encourage us. Let's be people who live with purpose, who are on purpose, and that when it comes to things associated with what Jesus loves, which is his church, let's make a decision already. You know what? I'm not going to fight these things anymore. I will be here. I will be at those meetings. I'll be at the significant things that this church puts on because I value them, because I see the importance of them. Does that make sense to you tonight? Cool. With the glorious obsession, you will rise above the spirit of majority. The spirit of majority is compromise, mediocrity, conventional thinking, popular opinion, peer pressure, just being average. Do you know what? You are created in the image of God. You are not average. You know, my Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that I am his workmanship created by him. To say that I'm average is to say that he makes junk and he does not make junk because he's a holy God. My Bible says that I was fashioned in my mother's womb, created with awesome gifts and awesome talents. I am not average. And so when I live with purpose within my heart, I can rise above that type of thinking. I'd love to hear tonight with what, with what Barb had shared about Joyce Meyer. Wow, that's something powerful we can learn from that lady's life. If it took her a long time to get to a point to go, you know what, I need to take a year out to study the Word of God and study everything written about it to understand that, do you know what, I am loved by Him no matter what. Well, if we're struggling with that today, let's take that. If, that's the very, that. if that's the only thing you can take from tonight, please let it be that. 
Because when I live with purpose in mind and when I live on purpose, it helps me to rise above my average thinking about myself. So you're created in his image. You're not average. You see, we're having a camp just next week. Anyone excited about camp? Cool. And uh, just a quick advert for camp. If you are from 13 through to 25 plus, Bob Battersby, you can come along to camp and we would love for you to register tonight. We've called this camp counterculture because I want to see a generation rise up that lives and is not uh, dictated to by peer pressure. In fact, they actually become the peer pressure that says, you know what? To live for Jesus and give your life to Jesus and sell your life out to Jesus is what you need to do. So you need to get on board this Jesus train because what you've got, it needs to change. You see, in Romans chapter 1, Paul talks about, this is how he introduces the book of Romans. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle, bang, 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 and lists off a few other things. A servant of Christ. Servant, in his day, the meaning of the word servant means to be a slave, to be someone's slave. And so what he effectively is saying, that when I am someone's slave, I don't have any rights anymore. I've been bought. And what Paul was saying is that, you know what? I'm a slave to Christ. I no longer have any rights. I'm his. And rightly so, because Jesus paid an incredible price for Paul's life. And with this camp, I want to see a generation rise up who live, as I've spoken about tonight, with purpose in mind. They live on purpose. They understand that this powerful truth that Paul was speaking about, that my life is not my own. That when I give it up to him, I give over my rights. And so young person tonight, as a bit more of an advertisement for camp, if you're resisting coming to camp because you've got a better option in your mind, I want to encourage you, let's sack that thing tonight. I don't understand young people who say, I don't feel like coming to youth tonight, I much prefer to stay in my jammies and watch TV. I'm not, I'm not sure whether I'll go to camp because I don't feel like I might fit in. I don't really know anyone there. You know, camps are powerful times where God fast tracks those things in people's life. He fast tracks relationships. He brings you into significant friendships. The things that you are, caught, are saying that you're missing out on and you don't feel like you are quite experiencing at camps, God fast tracks you and brings, those things, brings you into those things. And where else do you get a time where it's saturated with so many praise and worship and, and meetings where there's an opportunity to hear from God? Camps are life-changing moments. And young person, I won't want you to miss out. You see, when I live with 
a glorious obsession. When I live with purpose and live on purpose, I rise above popular opinion. I rise above peer pressure. And I want to see a generation of young people who they become the positive peer pressure. They're the people who will start to influence and not be easily influenced by the things that aren't godly. And so tonight, I want to encourage us, church, to be people who live with a glorious obsession. You know, the biggest tragedy, I believe, is not having something bigger than yourself than yourself to live for. And I don't want us to shrink this thing down. I want to encourage us tonight to say, you know what? I'm going to take these things on board. You know, I, I may not be We are far from what Paul is experiencing. Has anyone here been left out to sea, been shipwrecked, left in a place where you're so hungry and so thirsty that if you don't get something soon, that's it, your time is up. We are far from that. And here's a man. He goes, you know what? With those things, experiencing those things, there's something in in here that was going on. Daily I faced the concern of the church. What is going on with the church? What more can I do? And I want to encourage that sort of thinking within us tonight, church. Can I pray for you? And then I want to hand over to Seth again. Lord, I want to thank you tonight for all the amazing things that have been shared through many different voices. And I know And I believe that tonight you've spoken to each and every single one of us. God, I pray that you may just help us to become someone like Paul, who lives with purpose, who lives on purpose, who lives thinking about the things that you think about. God, I pray you may just help us to stop being selfish and stop thinking of only ourselves and how this might affect us. And help us to lift our eyes like Paul did when he's stuck at sea. He would lift his eyes up to you and think about the things that were concerned to you. God, I pray you may help us to live with purpose and on purpose. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.